Welcome back to Brazen Radio. My name is Nina. This is episode four. And how the flip is your soul? Yeah? Good? Is it good? Mine is doing a lot better. Not that my soul was really in much pain, but my body sure as shit was. So I apologize for the delay. I could not focus while enduring what I was enduring. However, with the help of some professionals and my own actions, I'm on the rise to getting better, baby. And therefore, we have this episode now. What is up? How are you? I would like to start today by saying thank you to an incredible person who gave me awesome feedback on episode three about not giving you guys course load level homework and instead maybe making it a little more digestible and including more of the information in the episode. Fair. I've spent years learning about the brain and about the placebo effect and how dare I assume that you want to allocate the same interested time. So I can only get better. So please continue the feedback. And to you specifically, you know who you are. I love you. You are an amazing person. And your honesty will forever be appreciated from the depth of who I am. Now, what's going on? Today's episode (laughs) is a topic that I... Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. Are you guys excited? I'm excited to kind of try to create the spider web that is. I don't know if this will be a series. I don't know if it'll be one episode because honestly, I'm an amateur and this is new and uh, here we are. So I'm not going to continue to excuse my lack of know-how. I'm just, uh, just want to kind of do what I can to grease the wheels a little bit so that you're not expecting anything beyond. So topic of the day is going to be conspiracy theories. (laughs) You know, I've thought about this a lot and I, I can't help myself. I, what is truth? You know, what is motherfucking truth? And why do we even have a term like conspiracy theorist? I'll tell you. The CIA made that name. They came up with it because coincidentally, they happened to be the group under fire during this period. But anyway, during the Warren report, which was the investigation into JFK's assassination, the CIA created this term conspiracy theorist because they wanted to embarrass anyone who was challenging specifically mostly them and their potential plot to overthrow or remove JFK. Now do I think that that guy was like hands clean? Hell no. But is there a hell of a lot of video where he talks about getting the fucking country to stay on the gold standard during a time when the Fed wanted to remove them from the gold standard? I'm not saying it's a coincidence but I'm also not saying it's not a coincidence. You know, moving on. There's plenty on JFK if that's something you're into. It's just, for me, it's a tipping point, but it's still to this day one of the most highly looked into conspiracies of all time. Of course, you have the reptile people too, but uh, we're just gonna not touch the extremists and we're gonna stay in the lane of the provable, believable, and likely legit shit. One of the major things that, uh, I mean, there's so everybody has their come to Jesus moment. And my, my, first of all, my question to you is what made you start questioning what you were being told, if at all, what was your aha moment? What woke you up in this, in this world of deceit and greed and love and joy and exploration and expansion? What, what plugs you in? What unplugs you? How do you source and determine what is true for you? I ask this because a lot of us look to things like the media, um, we look to celebrities, we look to our community, we look to our friends, and we look to teachers, yada, 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 yada. 
because we ourselves don't necessarily know what is true from within. And we've been trained, and yes, I say trained, we have been totally indoctrinated to trust people who are more qualified than us based on what one body decided is a qualification. So, ooh, look at me, I have this fucking piece of paper with this stamp on it. I am better than you and I know more than you now. That feels like shit. Even saying it to you right now feels like shit, but that's what it is, right? Oh, such and such, MD, PhD. Wow, the prestige, the honor, the integrity, the know-how, the stupidity I have because they have this piece of paper. It's ridiculous. The reason I'm, I'm mentioning this is because so many people, when they come across a conspiracy theorist or someone who has alternative truth questions or considerations, they tend to be like, well, I'd like to see all your documentation, please. I've got news for all of you. If you're one of these people, let me just tell you, this is a lifetime collection of information and most people are acting like banks or vaults or libraries within their own minds. Not many of us thought to get receipts. Not many do. And I'm sure with the rise of social media and the rise of censorship of social media, that's all by design. I also would like to just quickly plant the seed of why the fuck can't we ask questions right now? We should be able to ask questions. There should be live medical debates all over the place. There should be live trials right now. <laughs> there should be a lot of things. But mostly, what there should be is a reason for why we suddenly no longer have the right to discern information for ourselves and we need to be filtered for and by our government. What? Why do you get to decide what is true? I don't know about you guys, but fucking fact checkers drive me nuts. Because half the time, they're identifying something that's unrelated or they ruin a good joke. Like, it's literally a satire piece, and anyone who wouldn't believe or recognize it as satire would have to be uh, living under a rock without any exposure to anything, ever. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand why we can't ask questions. So, I think it's important that we discuss this grouping of people who do ask questions who have been given a bad rep because they ask good questions. And because... Their libraries that they store in their minds cannot be altered like their computer can be wiped or their book can be burned. Or, of course, I mean they can be removed. But outside of that removal, there are people who are holding on to information that they know to be true. Again, memory is a bit of a fucker, so I'm not going to pretend that 100% of everything is on point. But let's move on. Let's talk about why this matters. I think the primary thing to focus on is mind control. Because we're faced with that right now. We are all being manipulated. You know... Back in the day, Edward Bernays, who is like the grandfather of PR and advertising, marketing, whatever, he saw a window of opportunity. He was working for the tobacco companies and he needed to see a spike in sales. So what did he do? He got the hottest, most important debutantes to wear garters with cigarettes tucked in. He had them sit in the front rows of a massive parade town party where everybody was. And at the exact same time, he had them all cross their legs, lift their skirts, grab their smokes, light them, and now all of a sudden skyrocketing the sales of cigarettes. Now women smoke too. It's so easy to manipulate, right? Because we all want the best. So all you have to do is say, hey, look at over here, that person, they have the best. So all you have to do is whatever they did, whatever they say. But I'll tell you something right now. If somebody has to tell you someone's the best, don't fucking listen. You have to determine that for yourself. Just like if somebody says, hey, I hold this fucking piece of paper and I'm more qualified than you, prove it. 
you might be able to speak the anatomical speak better than I can, but that doesn't mean that I'm not willing to look at 16 different studies that you're not because they don't correlate with your belief structure or you're not willing to explore alternative uh, medicine explorations and things like that. And I'm, I'm a great case of example for that. I went through four years of biopsy, four years, four times a year biopsies. It was awesome. That's a lie. I told very few people. I kept it to myself. I didn't focus on it. Thank God I placeboed before I knew about the placebo. But anyways, after four years, many, many little stories in between that it doesn't matter. They're not relevant. The last visit I had was in September. Not recently, but the last visit I had had was in September. And they called me in January, the first week of January, and they said, hey, listen. Now, what I'm going to try and keep this short, but for those of you who have experienced any form of cancer stuff here in Canada, you understand or you know that white to black is a scale. And so here in Canada, we go white, light gray, mid gray, dark gray, black. So white, you're safe, black, you're cancer. In Mexico, they use numbers. Okay, so it's like one through four. Okay, now that you kind of have this understanding of how they do it. So I get this phone call from the uh, from the doctor's office, from the specialist's office, and they said, hey, listen, you've progressed. You went from a light medium gray to a dark gray black, and uh, it's not good. However, we don't have an appointment for you right now. And so we'll give you a call as soon as we can. We're going to try to get you in in February. Okay, awesome. I have not personally and emotionally attached to what I've been experiencing for four years. I am going through the motions. I'm doing what I have to do. I am aggravated by it, but I'm trying really hard not to focus on it because I just, I don't like self-pity. I don't, like, if I have to cry, I will go cry in a room where you're not there. (laughs) That's the type of person I am. It's just, I, when I handle my shit, I handle it on my own as much as I can. Anyway, getting to the fucking point. So I get that call. I end up in Mexico two days later because I was surprising my friend. She had moved there. And I, you know, we hang out for a minute and then I tell her what happened. And she looks me dead in the face and she says, buddy, we fucking know a doctor here. You have to see him. Okay, let's do it. What do I have to lose, right? Like at this point, I've been doing this fucking gambit for four years. I'm getting nowhere, but I'm getting worse. And like, that's not great. So we go to this doctor in Mexico who speaks zero English. And uh, her boyfriend's with us at the time. And thank God, because he had to translate, which was in and of itself (laughs) uncomfortable. We didn't know each other that well. So to be intimately talking about your body to, you know, one person to translate to another, it was just awkward. Anyway, we go in, he gives me a check. He does the same thing. He biopsies me and he says, okay, I'm going to give you a call tomorrow. Gives me a call tomorrow. He says, all right, puts me in the same spot. So in Canada, I was put on the line between dark gray and black. And in his office, I was put on the line between three and four. And he's like, it's it's not safe. Um, At any point, it could become much more dangerous for you. So here's what I'm offering you. I, I, we can do a microscopic surgery. We can do this, this, and this. And, um, and then that should help you. But also you should be eating more fruit. You should be drinking more water. You should be wearing breathable things. You know, don't use as many chemically processed products. Try to lay off of super chemical deodorants. Try to lay off of any like skincare products that are heavily chemicalized and things like that. And, you know, drink more water. So I was like, okay, wow, like what a doctor. Doesn't give a shit about drugs. He's not a drug pusher. So, okay, we set up my surgery. I was only there for five days in Mexico. So the day before I left, we do my surgery. I was stressed. I cried. I didn't know if I should spend the money. Of course, I'm in Mexico. Like I'm not, I too have been programmed what to think. So I assume this is a sub, sub, like a less superior country, right? And I'm assuming therefore their medical staff is definitely inferior to Canada. Well, I was fucking wrong. Let me tell you. So whatever, we do the surgery, I take the chance, I spend the money at a time when I got 
dick for money, like no fucking money. So I'm borrowing the money off my friend's boyfriend. He pays the doctor for me. I eventually pay him off. That's fine. I didn't, I'm not a shady fuck. (laughs) But it was a lot of US dollars to commit to something that maybe, maybe. So I get home. First thing that happens, I start getting harassed by my doctor and my specialist. Both of them are like, you did what? I was like, listen, I did this. There's, you know, I can't really have you biopsying the area right now or checking it because I have scar tissue. No, you don't. Well, yeah, I fucking do. I was there. I had a surgery. Like I'm telling you, oh, that was really, that was irresponsible. You know, like you should have discussed that with us. You should have consulted us. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, whoa, this is my fucking body. You've offered me nothing. You have been consistently getting paid four times a year for me to show up here for you to cut up my body and tell me to come back again. You are not offering me alternatives. You're not even telling me to change my fucking diet. So, no, I'm good. Thank you very much. I, uh, I'm i not going to be bullied by you, but I was. Obviously, I was scared. I was scared that I did do something stupid. I was scared that I didn't do the right thing, that I made a poor choice. And, at the time, financially hurt myself very much for it. Took on debts. So, eventually, I'm able to go to the doctor. And she's like, oh, you, you still have scar tissue. Cal fucking surprise. I followed the advice of this other doctor. So far, he's checking out. You, I can't say the same. Sorry about that. So then I go back after I'm healed up. They do a biopsy and they're like, okay, well, you know what? It's clean. So here in Canada, I don't know how many work for different ones, but for the one I was dealing with, they only need two clean tests. Okay. So they do the first test. I'm clean. And I was like, wow. I said to her, you know, probably what I did in Mexico worked. She's like, mm, I don't know. Like, I shit you not. That man saved my fucking life, stopped me from probably dying. And these people couldn't even acknowledge the fact that what I did was for my own well-being. Like, I'm sorry to tell you guys this. From my experience, cancer's a fucking business in this country. It truly, truly is. And it shouldn't be, but it is. And most of our healthcare is. And that's the problem with governmentally paid healthcare. Like, there's zero accountability to you. So how do these people make more money? Well, they make more money doing agreements with the pharmacological companies, right? Anyway, my point is, just because they have a piece of fucking paper, that doesn't mean that they are superior. It doesn't mean that they know more. It means that they know what they know, and that's the limit of their scope. However, they will not let you know that. I even still to this day cannot go to a fam- my family doctor's office without being treated like I'm coming in there to fuck shit up. It's weird. Like, the one day I went in and I was like, hey, doctor such and such. I won't expose him. Doctor such and such. I'm just curious, like, what's my blood type? Why do you want to know that? I don't know my blood type. What's my blood type? Well, you want to find that out, you should go donate some blood. Sorry? Like, are you not looking at my file? I can't. You can't tell me my fucking blood type? No, especially because you probably just want to use it for a diet. What? What? Like, this is a doctor talking to a person who literally just wants to understand their body a little better, who, who's trying to just know information that they don't know about themselves. And, and that's how I'm being spoken to. So maybe in my specific case, I've had some very bad experiences with very shitty doctors, but it's stuff like that for most conspiracy theorists that turn them into critical questioners because they see what they've been taught to see as uh, perceive as true and authority and they see that wall of or that pedestal that they've been told to hold this person on they see that pedestal get kicked out from under them and they realize that they've been disillusioned and placing their trust in someone who is only working from a very small scope or scale and do you know how many people just give it up like i actually read an article the other day and this blows my mind especially because i know that this is a business in this country. 
if a child is diagnosed with cancer of some form, leukemia, whatever, and the parent wants to explore alternative treatments, did you know that the, the province can take your child? Yep, that's, that's legitimate. I didn't know that. And it's actually a doctor who's coming out and talking about it because he lost one of his patients to a hospital. Um, they passed away. The child was, was very scared to say no or yes to certain things, and the family was as well, because they became very aware that basically the hospital could just take the child and treat as they wish without any consent from the parents. Why does a medical environment have that kind of authority? Granted, there are certain parents who fail to do their job, but then those should be special circumstances which a court has to weigh in on. You shouldn't just be able to override the say of a parent. It's the same as if a parent, um, if a husband and a wife or two wives, doesn't fucking matter the gender situation, but two people have a kid, okay? Two people have a kid and one has primary or they have even split custody. Let's say they got 50-50 fucking custody and this baby is nine months old and the baby, I don't know when the shots start happening, but, you know, as we all know, if you're from the 80s, the schedule has only gotten crazier in how many injections go into this child. So let's say the dad, no, let's use the mom, better example. The mom is a little weary. She's kind of like, listen, Bob, I'm a little concerned about the measles vax and uh you know i would just like maybe if we could wait a little while that just something as subtle simple as that bob can now turn around and be like yo she's anti-science she's anti-medicine she's an unfit mother and you know what the court will say you're right bob full custody fuck noreen i don't know why her name's noreen and now that parent has just lost any say in their child's life pardon now, if you were to travel back and look into late 80s when the flu shot kind of became a thing and, and companies were given the green light to not be held liable for any adverse reactions. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. just released a new book called The Real Fauci, I think. Um, and I actually ordered it and it was back ordered for a while. I haven't read it yet. But what I do know is he talks a lot on it, and there are some really good interviews with him as well where he talks about the process of vaccines. Now, I'm not addressing any of this because of COVID. Um, I know that's kind of, it didn't, it didn't even occur to me until right now as I'm speaking to you that that's relevant um, to today's situations, but that's not why I'm bringing it up. My point is, is we're losing voices in our own lives. We're losing the ability to have the keys to our car or our bus to drive it. We are being told when and how and if we can have those keys. And this is becoming very rapid fire, especially with the stuff that's being pushed into legislation right now, like even Bill 100, which is basically an extension to the motherfucking ROA. Don't even get me going. C-11 is still on the table. They even want to make sure, like I, I recently saw something and to be fair, I did not dig deep enough. So again, take this with a grain of salt be a conspiracy theorist, hear what I'm telling you, and then if it perks something, go do your own research. But anyways, I heard that with C11, what's going to end up happening is they're going to change the monetization of YouTube, which means people who are on YouTube now that are successful here will be getting paid a lot less. And then on top of that, I also hear that we might be restricted in the content that we can view in Canada. So you know what that sounds a lot like, my friends? China. Yeah. You might think I sound woo-woo, but look into it. Do they have a free open sourced internet there? Nope. Do they have free open sourced networks there? Social networks? No. I don't even know if they were allowed to have Facebook. I know Google's limited. I don't know when Canada became China baby, 
but we're moving on that direction. So it's important to wake people up to looking for truth. It's important to remind you and show to you and prove to you and illuminate to you that asking questions is fucking important. And the more they tell you not to, the louder those questions should get. Because right now they're doing a lot of don't. Don't talk, you're gonna get banned. Don't tag this person. Like the other day I went to tag someone and they were like, are you sure this person's been caught posting false information? What the actual fuck? I haven't needed a am I sure button to determine if I want to read certain articles. And it only seems to be on one side of the discussion that you're pinning me with these weird ass prompts. Are you sure you want to share this person? They've been caught that. Are you sure you want to follow this person? They're considered dangerous. If I go on TikTok and I watch Chris Barber because I think he's hilarious. He's called Big Red. Um, if I go watch Chris Barber, who was part of the convoy, dubbed one of the organizers. I'm not really sure that anyone was truly a fucking organizer. But anyway, some days when he has little ha-ha-ha moments or he, he takes a couple jabs at our government, TikTok puts a this could be dangerous. What Participating in these events could alter or create danger in your life or something to that effect. I'm an adult. You want to put that kind of stuff on children and stuff? That's fair. But I'm an adult. I've gotten this fucking far without your support and help, truly. But now I need you to tell me what to think. Now I need you to tell me how to think. Now I need you to censor and filter all this information. How about you go filter and censor some fucking pedophiles? How about that? Why can you track me because I didn't get a shot, but you can't track someone who shot their shit in somebody that was a minor? Hmm? I don't know. For me, this is, sorry guys, but this is one of those things that really fucking boils my blood in a in a in such a way that this is I, I know in my lifetime at some point there's gonna be an opportunity for me to help minimize, mitigate, limit, or save someone who's involved in that. Now, if this is something you're interested in participating in right now and donating to, you could go to Operation Underground Railroad. They do wonderful work. Uh, Tim Ballard is an incredible man, and uh, he's saving children all over the world. This is an issue that is very near and dear to my heart, and there's a lot of quote-unquote conspiracies around it. There was a time during 2016, right around the time of the election, when Clinton's emails were exposed and a lot of shit came out. And honestly, if you jumped on the bandwagon even a month after that story broke, then you were already not getting the full thing. Unfortunately for me, and luckily for me, I was there at the very beginning. My friend Josh and I, actually, specifically, we, we dug. We went and we fucking found all their profiles. We went through all their friends. We went through all of their profiles. And the network is very, very, very real of people who like to do bad things to smaller people is insane. It's insane. It's like a widespread sickness, except for it's not a sickness. It's a victim become predator type of situation. Some people, sure, they're born sick, but genuinely in my heart and from my research, what I understand it is it's a, it's a, it's a cycling thing. So the shitty part about that is the really scary part is, is one person can multiply abuse people, right? And if I don't know what the statistics are, but let's say it's one in three. One in three abuse victims become abusers. That's a lot. And then you think about how widespread the pedophilia is that you don't realize. The fact that they have symbols and codes and that they can all find each other and we don't know about them, but yet we can't talk on the internet, it's fucking weird to me. It almost makes me think, huh, I wonder if some of the people who get to make these decisions are part of the fucking problem. It's food for thought, right? Anyway, getting back to the whole idea of conspiracy theorists and asking questions. So my whole shtick on this is truth, right? You got to be looking for the fucking truth. 
And unfortunately, and fortunately, it's a full-time fucking job. So obviously you have to pick and choose which truths you're chasing. You're presented with a health problem? That's something you should be dealing with head on. Your doctor tells you one thing? That's fine. My life rule is more than one opinion. Always, always, always. It doesn't matter what it is. There needs to be more than one opinion on the table. And that goes for everything. So coronavirus came out. Holy shit, we're all dying. Holy shit, da-da-da. Never mind the survival rate. <laughs> you think about it on that scale. I want two doctors at the table. The one who wants to treat it before they have to be hospitalized and the one who wants to treat it once they're hospitalized. And then you know who else I want? I want the guy who's projecting how to curb it or how to limit the spread or the adaptations that it might go through. And then I also want someone who has... I don't know, participated in vaccine development and maybe one that was extremely successful with very minimal adverse reactions. And I want all of these people to discuss their ideas and how they could create something that's awesome. What I understand happened with us was they used something called modeling. But the problem is, if you've never used the drug, what are you modeling it on based on assumptions, based on likelihoods. It's the same as how they developed the influenza vaccine. Those are built on models. So based on the last 10 years, model-wise, it behaved this way, this way, and this way with the season. So we're going to develop this vaccine in advance of the flu, which I've always thought was very interesting because the flu starts spreading around the same time all those shots get handed out. And it makes one wonder, would this strand of influenza, of ex would it have existed? if they didn't create it in the vaccine first by assumption. And then again, that pulls you back to the particle slit experiment. So, okay, we're getting a little too far off base. Let's try to reel it back in. I really wish I had some sound effects for like a reel because I'm physically doing the action. <laughs> but anyway, okay, long stories long. I'm kind of running off on a tangent here. There are so many layers and levels to this. All I really, really, really want to convey is basically... You're a receiver, and every day, all day, 24-7, there is just bang, bang frequencies being sent to your receiver. And you have to decide which things are good and which things are bad and which things are true and which things are false. Just because it's being presented by CBC doesn't make it fucking true. Just because your family doctor said it doesn't mean it's the only alternative. Um, you have to look at the things like the fact that we used to use alternative medicine. <laughs> we used to use natural medicine now we call it alternative medicine and instead we we back pharma if you go through the hands of time how did people fucking survive before big pharma they must have eaten better plants the way i see it is there's there's a lot of things that we don't know and that we'll probably never know for sure but the facts still remain that there is so much available for us to know and accepting what is being fed to you by a source that you've been taught to trust is not a good idea. If they've earned your trust, okay. But you should still, every third or fourth thing they tell you, just, just double check. Keep them in check for their credibility. Check what I'm saying to you. My personal medical history, you can't, but trust me, I, my Biffle can back me up. She was there. It was not fun, and it was a long healing process, but it was worth it. It was very worth it. Because I'm still here, and I'm talking to you now. But it's also helped me learn to not be intimidated by my doctor and take a little ownership in, in my own life. I might not be here if I didn't do that. So why is it wrong to ask questions? Why is it wrong to be a critical thinker or a conspiracy theorist? Because I'm starting to think maybe my doctors were in a conspiracy to get paid while I just withered away into nothing. Do I think that was their intention? No. 
I believe they were using the same systems they were told are effective and going to work because above them is someone who recommended it and above that is someone who recommended it and above that is Big Pharma. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. doesn't matter. I don't believe half the people who do the shit to us that aren't good are intentionally not being good. I believe that, like us, they are manipulated to do as they are told or to trust in certain authoritative figures and they just continue the cycle. It's like an abuse cycle. They're just carrying it down the line. So do I blame them? Yeah, but I also blame myself. I blame myself because you have to take accountability and you have to do the work. Think about how overwhelming it is. Me just saying that to you. Think about how that feels when you're like, oh God, how am I going to find the time? Well, that. That's all your life is. It's just time, man. You can make it about being a slave or you can make it about the adventure. Growing, expanding, learning, understanding, trying to determine what is true. Ultimately, what I have learned, only you determine truth. I can tell you a thousand and one things, but until you get that moment of clarity or that moment of that thing proves itself, is it true for you? No, it's just information that you're holding and waiting to see what happens or you're actively seeking out the outcome to see if that's facts. If you aren't doing that and you're just ingesting information without question, unfortunately, my friend, you're functioning like a follower. And honestly, <laughs> we need more leaders. And lately, I've been very blessed to be exposed to a couple of people who are on social networks who, who are being leaders, who are speaking out, educating, and doing it from a place that is well-intentioned without any ulterior motives to gain from you other than maybe a little bit of your awareness. Not necessarily of them, but of their issue that they're bringing to the table. But I am seeing a massive, massive amount of following. Great example of that would be, I do truly believe some people are still very scared. But I also believe a lot of people have been given a hero complex for doing as they were told by their government right now. So you're seeing a lot of... <laughs> You're seeing a lot of superiority complexes come out. And you saw that earlier on, too. I, I actually remember being told I wanted to go see someone in my family. And they were like, oh, I'm sorry. I have frontline workers in the house, you know. Don't over-glamorize people just showing up to pay their bills. Because now all these people feel superior to another group of people who didn't. I Like, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe I'm wrong, but I just feel like this, this mass psychosis manipulation is huge. And I think that the ramifications are going to present themselves often. We haven't even seen the mental health effects of all of this. So why do you ask questions? What was the story or the event or the experience that asked or prompted you, that prompted you to learn? What got you there? For me, it's come in waves, um, whether it was spiritual growth trying to understand different religions. I mean, I went to a Catholic high school. I went to a public one too. I went to a lot of schools. But I remember in grade 11, there was a world religion class. And there we learned a lot of religions. And the thing was, I was so intrigued by all of them. And then fast forward a few years, you know, and I'm looking and I'm like, huh, you know which one I don't know about is Satanism. I'm going to look into that. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. For those of us who feel independent in our lives, you read those commandments and you're like, this is the one. And then you start to look into the creator, the author, the groups, the segments, the splitaways, the symbology, the practices, the structures. And you're like, no, maybe this isn't for me. Or maybe it is. It's whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love the craft. I would have loved to have levitated any of my friends or invoked some sort of magical plethora of things to happen when I so deem fit. But at the same time, I think we look outside of ourselves far too much. <laughs> That's my point. 
What the Satanic Bible research brought for me was a huge shit ton of information actually about Hollywood, which was surprising. I didn't expect that. It also exposed a lot of how people are controlled, not the Bible, but the people associated and blood rituals and things like that. And I think it's funny because that's a conspiracy theory too, right? Adrenochrome and all of that jazz. But what's funny about it is just recently Russell Brand put out a video <laughs> identifying how effective youthful blood is when injected into aging bodies and what that does for them and how it can help with aging and it can help with telomere development and it can help with stem cell growth. And okay, we're getting off topic. So I know, I know this was kind of a long-winded thing with not a, lot of, not a lot of meat in it outside of my own personal experience. But I hope this is at least offering you things to consider from my experience. Because something I saw recently that I feel educated me in such a simple yet impactful and powerful way was it's one thing to speak from opinion, it's another to speak from experience. And so while I do speak a lot from opinion, I feel like the only way to truly correlate the idea of conspiracy theories and, you know, asking, like being a critical questioner, or critical thinker, which is what I consider it to be, or someone who recognizes patterns and is able to do their due diligence to find out where that pattern has existed before and what the outcomes of it were, and therefore predictably what might be the outcome of the current patterns emerging which is how you wind up where we are now with people. The minute they started the lockdowns, every part of my nervous system was like, oh my God, get into the bush, go learn to live off the land. It might've been a little fast because I guess I didn't truly understand how slow things are. Hmm. But that doesn't change that my feelings are still the same and I wasn't wrong about what they were gonna do. Again, and I, I think I will be saying this often to you guys, to be honest. It's really important to determine who you give information authority to. Who have you deemed authorities to give you information? Why? Have you tested their information? How do you test it? Okay, so it's medical professional, right? They're talking about you wearing a mask, which I feel is more symbolic than beneficial unless you're doing the N95, okay? So you're wearing this cloth mask. The guy who has created them was like, hey, yeah, the particle is like way smaller. It's definitely gonna get out. But everyone kept wearing them anyway. They even publicly said it a couple times because the most of the people pushed back on the mask policies initially. And then it became commonplace that everyone's wearing masks that literally have been said out loud multiple times that they don't work. They're not going to do what you need. It's N95 or nothing. Why is everyone still wearing them? More importantly, if you are scared, if, if you are someone who is living in fear right now, if you're wearing anything less than an N95, then you're just dealing with a psychosis, my friend. You're manipulating yourself into believing you're doing something that does something that doesn't. Look it up. Don't, don't fucking point your fingers at me as some sort of COVID conspiracy theorist. I'm not. Do I think it exists? Probably. Do I think it's worse than influenza? No, I don't. And yet here we are, where they're pushing through bills and laws and rules and things that are just fucking with everything. So we have a job to do, my friends, and part of that is learning how to discern for truth, and the other part of that is to ask more questions. Become critical thinkers. Become conspiracy theorists. Don't worry about the flack name they've been given. You don't have to call yourself a conspiracy theorist. And my friend, if you ask questions, you're not a conspiracy theorist. You are somebody who's owning their life, who's driving their bus. And I believe we all have a right to drive our bus and we all have the ability to drive our bus, contrary to what we've been trained to think, believe, and do. So let's go get back behind the driver's seat. Let's turn on our buses and make this week our bitch. <laughs> and uh, let's ask more questions, you know? Let's ask more questions. Let's try to get more clarity because I could break down the many, and I, I do say many conspiracies that have all turned out to be true, 
Still don't know why building, I think it was seven. Why did building seven go down? You know, well, we don't know where the plane, any piece of plane is at all from the Pentagon. So, okay. All right. Well, whatever to that. Let's assume that was all legitimate. Okay. But then were the weapons of mass destruction legitimate? Nope. That turned out to be not true. Um, did more civilians die than terrorists? Yep. Did doing that probably create terrorists because children lost their parents, siblings, etc.? Yep. How do you create an extremist? Terrorize them. And then you think, well, who all has the states worked with in the past? Oh, that's right. They did work with bin Laden. They CIA trained bin Laden. Oh, that's right. They did give weapons to Hussein for a while because they needed his help. And then they did end up making better trade agreements with the oil, which is what the initial conspiracy theorists accused them of by creating this war, that it was really for the oil. And no, no, of course not. It's weapons of mass destruction. Except for now, you can go and look that up. And you can find out how untrue it is. Because initially, the credible sources that have been deemed credible by your government or authority figures, they're the ones who squish it all because they're credible, right? By the other authority. The authority dubbed them credible. And now you're listening to them and you're like, yep, that's right. Those are facts. And then fast forward a few years, in this case, a few years, and you get the truth. Now I feel like we're on warp speed. The turnaround time for the information exposure is much faster. For example, with the convoy, they had written multiple articles that were false. Um, they had alluded to many things that were not true about that event, which is probably why so many people missed out on it, which again breaks my heart to this day because that was unlike anything I've ever experienced in my life. And it was absolutely worth every single dollar spent on gas and every single moment given up to the cold to be there for that. But you have CBC, you have Global News, you have CTV, all of them are doing retractions right now. And the funny part is no one sees it because they're so busy looking at the war in Ukraine, the new virus, da da da. Oh, are we bringing masks back? Oh, da. It's nuts. We are all being stacked and overwhelmed so that we don't have time to stop and try to make one thing make sense. Don't let them fool you. Don't let them pull you on this, this fucking journey where you don't get any say. Don't let them drive your damn bus. Man, you fill that bus full of knowledge that you've gone out and got. The best thing you can do is go find one opinion and then go look for the other opinion. And then take both sides of the argument and form your fucking opinion. And that, my friend, is your truth. That is the only way to make truth. And that's the other thing. And this is something that has stuck with me forever ever and i i keep seeing it more now and i'm really happy it's it's growing in popularity is the statement that the truth doesn't mind questions it's the lie that doesn't want them and now i bring you back why aren't we allowed to ask questions right now why aren't we allowed to hear from doctors who don't agree with the the modeling doctors who are making decisions and why is it always the same fucking faces and people making these choices you notice that why is fauci since like aids had as much power as he has. Like, I'm really looking forward to reading my book to learn about that. But more, I want to learn about the medical industry because at a certain time, we used plants. Consider looking into a documentary called Toxic Baby. The reason I'm saying this is I saw it in 2010. Okay, so it's dating myself here a bit, but it goes back. And this gentleman, he is a amphibious perf like researcher and he's awesome, very personable guy. He's kind of funky, I like him. Anyway, he does a TED talk uh, with another woman and it's called Toxic Baby. And he discusses about the impacts of a specific chemical on the amphibious population. And it's important because 
that same company that hired him to do the research of the impacts of it on the wetlands, he was able to say, hey, this shit is messing us up. Like, this is doing things that I've never seen to the frogs. Like, this is very serious. And they were like, no, mm-mm. You're, you're discredited. You're done. They threatened his family. They threatened him. They, they tried to ruin his career. All because he was able to prove that male frogs didn't have testes. They had ovaries. Females had testes and ovaries. They had so many genetic genital defects, both internally and externally and chemically, from the exposure to this chemical that it makes one wonder how we found ourselves where we are right now and why so many people don't know what they are. Listen, (laughs) you can be whatever you want, but if you expect me to bring a litter box for your convenience because you identify as a cat, no. Fucking no. If you are a 75-year-old person or a 60-something-year-old person who thinks they're a 13-year-old person, go fuck yourself. So there is a limit. (laughs) The reason I have a lot of patience and understanding for this whole non-binary binary system that we're working into is because I personally believe that we are dealing with an epidemic of genetic defect in genital areas because of how widespread this chemical is in our products. It's not that I'm saying that these people aren't what they feel like they are. I don't per- I personally believe we're going to see a massive explosion of people who are just very fucking confused and displaced. And I have so many questions about this stuff and maybe I'll do an episode on it because like, but it would be great to do it with someone who's in that world because I'm just not really sure that I understand. Great example. And I'm going to try to wrap this up pretty quick, but great example. You're a lesbian. Okay. You start dating a girl. You start dating this girl. That girl has now decided that she's transitioning to a man. So are you still a lesbian? And does that change you being a lesbian? And is that a man? Or is that a trans man? And in order for it to become a man, does it become a man if they get a dick? I like, there's just, if I don't understand, but I know who I am, I know what I am, I identify with what I've been given, and I, and I participate in the heterosexual norm- normative world or whatever, and it's not normative, it's the wrong word, but I participate in the heterosexual world. And so if I'm there, obviously I have a lot of questions over here, right? When I watched what I watched in 2010 on Toxic Baby... I was like, I don't really get it. But now I see the widespreadness of it all. And then it brings me back to Jordan Peterson, where he always talks about like, hey, if we can't agree that up is up and down is down, then how will we communicate if we're trying to talk about up and down? So if we can't agree what a man and a woman is, or a trans man or a trans woman, or non-binary, if we can't clearly create those, and we have to work through 75 different fucking genders and creations and whatever the hell else titling people are giving each other, then what? We, we won't even be speaking the same language. And then how do we connect? And I feel like we're already extremely disconnected and very well divided in such a way that's insane. And now they're bringing racism back. I would like to say, though, that I think it's not fucking cool. I get that white people have done some weird shit over the years and that so have many Asian people, so have Mexican people, Cuban people, Peruvians. Like, everyone's done weird shit. Just look at the temples and the bodies that were being thrown in temples. Nobody is above murder and and slavery. Everyone's done it. I'm just saying, like, we are really moving out of some of the uh, societal agreements that we all have. I don't believe it's societal, like a societal agreement to tell you what to be and what not to be. But what I do think is... 
we are adding some really strange rules that really don't make sense. And if they don't make sense, then the way we behave is going to stop making sense. And if the way we behave stops making sense, then we stop having a community. And if we stop having a community, we have a sense of belonging that just dips. And then you have anarchy, but not the kind you want. Not the kind of anarchy where our government is out the fucking door and we're working together in communities. No, no, you have a different kind of anarchy. You have a kind of anarchy where everyone's out for themselves in the worst fucking way. Everybody's right and nobody can ask questions. Look at it right now. Even look at the fucking pussy hat movement. Y'all, was anyone else embarrassed to be a woman during the pussy hat movement? I was. That was the day I, I like, I mean, I was already on my way out from using Hollywood as anything beneficial or useful. And I can tell you, man, even if you look at TV these days, like it's fucked. Everything's fucked. Everything's dark. Satan's in everything. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> That's kind of like where I'm going with all this. I know I'm rambling. I'm, I'm using a lot of examples and ideas and things that have taken place. But I'm also, I have zero notes in front of me. I am just trying to go off the cuff of my head here and give you some outlines and ideas around why I'm motivated to even have these chats. I am still very much in my own pursuit of truth. I am still very much in my own pursuit of growth. And I don't know that we ever stop growing in life. I think we are always on the journey. Which is why I say bring a bus, drive a bus, because you're going to need a lot of room for all the shit you want to take with you and all the places you're going to go. But most of that space should be occupied by knowledge and the ability to discern what is true. Like muscles, you know, you got to put them under a little straws. So you got to challenge the things that you don't want challenged. Like when you were a child, if someone ruined Santa Claus for you, you'd be like, you fucking asshole. But in the grand scheme, hindsight, step back. Well, that sucks, but now look at when your parents give you a gift, you know it came from them since they worked their fucking ass off to pay for it. And you appreciate them. You're not performing for some invisible man that you don't even know exists. Like, does that even make sense? That's, that's just precursor training for you to behave for Big Brother instead of giving the onus and behavior and love to your own family. It seems so minor, but these little things do a lot to disrupt and condition us to think certain ways. So yes, it would have sucked to have had the illusion of Santa Claus broken, but it would have probably helped your parents a lot. And it probably would have given you a new appreciation for them and for how hard they work and for the things they try to do to provide for you. Even if all they gave you is one gift, it's not about what you got. It's, it's that you recognize where it came from and you appreciate, I don't know, I think we've just gotten so far removed from the reality of what we are and what we do and we're so busy trying to high achieve for some scalable thing that we think is better than the life we have. And I think it's Bob Marley. Yes, it was. It was Bob Marley who's that quote, like if you base your, your happiness on numbers, you're never gonna be happy because numbers never end. And that is true because we know numbers never end. And we also know that money can come and go, things come and go. You don't feel good. You go shopping. You buy a cute outfit. You wear it. Boom. It's done. That's it. The vibe, the high vibe, it's gone. But you, as a person who takes care of themselves, is right within. You feel that way all the time. You don't need to buy something to fill that void, right? So I encourage you very much to discern what is true for you. How do you live? Evaluate yourself. Where does your happiness come from? Where do your answers come from? Are you doing a balanced approach? I try to. That doesn't mean I don't fall victim to my own opinion. I think we all do, or my ego, of course. But we shouldn't blindly follow for the sake of comfort. All right, my friends, this is a long one. I bounced around a lot. 
I would love your feedback from today. Do you like this? Was this better? Do you prefer it a little bit more concise, a little less chatty, a little less Randolph? Because previously I've been using notes. Um, today I did not. I had a general idea of what I wanted to talk on. I segued way away from all of that. Bounced around a lot. But what's your takeaway? What was your experience today? But more importantly, the fuck are you doing to drive your bus? <laughs> Please drive your bus. Please be the captain. Please always be in the driver's seat. Always, regularly, daily. Check what the fuck is sitting in the back of your bus and make sure that you've authorized it to be there. The truth is like gospel. It should feel good. And no, not all truths are easy, but it should add up. It should make sense. And when you're presented with something that's only looking at it from one direction or only allowing certain voices to speak on it, that's a problem. That means there's something there that they don't want you to know or there's something that they're not sure about, whoever they are, depending on the person or source that's feeding you this information that's then withholding information. But the ultimate job of verification falls to you. Drive your fucking bus. Let me know what you think about this. Um, Feedback is always welcome. Would love to keep that channel open of communication. If there's something you do want to discuss or something you think I missed or something you want to challenge, holla at me, uh, trainbrazen at gmail.com. I will link that in the show notes. I will also link Toxic Baby in the show notes because it is a very valuable TED Talk. Here we are. Alas, it's a sunny, beautiful day. I hope you are well. I hope that somewhere in here I planted something in a garden that may or may not get watered by you at some point. And... Uh, yeah stay real stay humble stay good stay golden <laughs> nina oh